All right, I need to point this out right away. Skype was really, really bad tonight. So there's a bunch of dropouts. There's only so much I can do in post to try and get those back or edit around them. Here's episode 24 of Radio Drome. Hopefully Skype doesn't suck next week. Radio Drome. Episode 24 of Radio Drome. We have three extra guests on this week. Well, I don't know, Brad, do you count as an extra guest? Oh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm the Ed McMahon of uh, this show. Is that why you're not here half the time? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we, we, we also have... You are, you are Sideshow Mel. <laughs> uh, gee, thanks. At least I didn't say Sideshow Bob. You're the Sheila E. Oh, gee, thanks. Oh, come on. Magic hour Appreciate reference? Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Here, here, I'll start banging on my drums. Look, your head is not a drum. <laughs> All right, and we also have Ed Glazer from Dark Maze Studios. There is Ed. Hey, Ed Glazer. All right, let's get let's get the, all the pimping out of the way first. Brad, you pimp first. Oh, yeah, I got to pimp a uh, uh, new movie. I was just in uh, Paranoia out on DVD now. Uh, very dark, late 90s-style psychological thriller. It's uh, for sale over at walkawayentertainment.com. I am so looking forward to the premiere. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I'm so looking forward <laughs> to seeing it. I've seen the movie. <laughs> I'm so looking forward to just seeing the damn thing. <laughs> okay, Ed, you pimp. Uh, well... Uh, I've got a couple episodes of uh, my Remixploitation series Deja Vu coming out. Uh, one episode on the Turkish Star Trek and another episode on the Nigerian Titanic. I'm looking and, forward uh, to seeing And you'll that. be seeing those on darkmaze.com and uh, on thatguywiththeglasses.com. Jared, you got anything going? No, um, no new episodes of the Game Report uh, as of yet. I, uh, I'm actually focusing on polishing up my business plan, uh, getting it ready for or to present to the bank, uh, so that I may finally open Foil Wrap Production. Very right. cool. We are, Jared. You are in the next episode, though, of us going to midnight screenings. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. We're gonna go see uh, Super Eight tonight. Yes, in like yeah, an hour and forty minutes. From when we tape this, which will be a week old by the time people hear <laughs> yeah, this. Exactly. <laughs> We're gonna go see a midnight show a week after it's been out. Yeah. <laughs> well, have you guys ever been to to real midnight show? I mean, real midnight movies, not big budget movie premieres. Any of you ever seen real midnight movies? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh huh. They used to uh, uh, do them here uh, every now and then, quite a few, quite a few years ago. But yeah, they would do some midnight shows around here of like Friday the Thirteenth, Toxic Avenger, uh, Cannibal the Musical. I saw a midnight. I saw a midnight of that. They did uh, a handful of those around here. They still do them from time to time. And then actually, uh, some of my early horror movies, we we got midnight screenings at uh, local theater, which was a lot of fun. Because see, mm-hmm. here here in Sturgeon Bay, they would only do them f- for Halloween. I saw yeah. Tales from the Dark Side, the movie, at a Halloween screening, uh, Night of the Living Dead 1990 at a Halloween screening, and like five years after it was released, Hellraiser. They brought back yeah. five years later for a midnight screening. Drive-in here in town, but it sucks. <laughs> Our drive-in's all big-budget stuff. Our drive-in's Th- that's all... That's what ours is, too. And they put together the dumbest double features. 
Hey, how about this weekend? You see a double feature of uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 and American Pie 4. What? <laughs> well, it's no. True. They it's used true. to do that. It's two movies that are so like, they don't yeah. even go together. But they're... What what drive-in is that? The Route 66 drive-in. It's it's oh, over okay. uh, it's right over near our Night's water park. park. Gotcha. Yeah, it's, it's, it's over near our water park. See, when I saw Alien when I was four, my parents took me to the drive-in. The movie before that was The Swiss Family Robinson. Yeah. Because yeah. that, that goes fine. together with Alien, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I wish they went together. <laughs> I think what I do like about our drive-in, though, is that you know you just drive in, they tell you what station to tune your radio to, and, and it just comes in on your uh, car speakers. Oh, so dude, if, dude, I've got I've got one of the uh, the old style uh, speakers that you used to get and then like hang on your car window, but someone yeah. someone modded it to work with a uh, three point five millimeter jack, like a standard one eighth inch headphone jack, so you can plug it into an MP three player and get classic tinny sound from you know Lady Gaga or something. Well, that's fantastic. So are you going to get one of those car heaters that they used to have for the Midwest in late November? Yeah. There you go. You're going to get one of those, Ed? Uh, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about it, but uh, I might just have to. Uh, Ed, I found some probably like, um, do you have a movie called um, Srigala? It's, uh, no. Srigala. The, the, it's the, it's the uh, Indonesian Friday the 13th. Uh, there's a, there's a, there's one called Satan's Bed, which is an Indonesian uh, Friday. The, no, I'm thinking Nightmare Nightmare on Elm Street. Never mind. No, I, I'm not even familiar with that one. Yeah, this one is Srigala, aka the Fox. <laughs> I've got to see that. Fr- 1981 Friday the Thirteenth ripoff also features zombies. Yes, please. <laughs> well, Brad, did, did you see the email I just shot you a couple hours ago about Manimal? Oh, that uh, uh, that that Manimal that Linkara and I did. That character was in some other stuff. Yeah, it looks like he was in part of an anthology series called, of all things, a horror sci-fi series called Hot Stuff with one F. Because <laughs> that just screams horror sci-fi, doesn't it? Hot stuff. Exactly. They made a comic book series out of that old Dom DeLuise movie. <laughs> but yeah, I started looking through uh, at the uh, Grand Comic Database, and I noticed that looked like Manimal on the cover. And I went and checked uh-huh. the credits, and I'm like, there's a whole bunch of stories in this called Manimal, and it's by the same writer-artist as your Manimal. Well, that's kind of cool, because, I mean, not that I know good comic books all that much. I, I don't really read comics that much, but... Uh, yeah, that that one issue that one issue there of uh, the manable that Linkara given me, I I kind of liked it. You know, it was it was twenty pages of a guy going around killing a bunch of Nazis. I I enjoyed it. Well, you it know, seemed right up your alley. I know, right? <laughs> well, see, I, <laughs> I, I suspect I suspect that was a reprint. I have a feeling that was collecting all of the short stories from Hot Stuff. It had uh, a date on it. Eighty six. Yeah, of '86, but but the the picture on the back had a date of uh, like the late se- sometime in the late '70s. Yeah, the hot stuffs were '78, so I have a feeling. Yeah, I think that's what it was. I have a feeling that was just like a one shot collected volume, so you didn't have to get the hot stuff issues. I just thought you'd find it interesting. Um, that but I yeah, just... I, I, relati- I relatively enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> so there. Speaking of you, I know we got Ed on. We're going to talk to Ed in a minute. We got to bring up your rock. It's your decision video. Oh, yeah, that, that got the most comments out of any video I've done in years. And let's put it this way, and I don't know, I'm going to ask Ed and Jared their feelings on this, but you were a lot more diplomatic to the Christian community than I would have been. Let's put it that way. Well, that's because I know a lot of people who are genuinely who are genuinely very good Christians, a.k.a. not like the people in that movie. Well, that was the <laughs> thing. Is I, I mean, I, you handled it really well. 
Yeah, yeah, I wanted to make a point that, like, okay, not all not all Christians are like this. Uh, I know I, this, this is, like, just a sect that, that believe that uh, Highway to Hell is quite literal. What about you, Jared? Well, uh, I've been a, a Unitarian Universalist for the last three years, uh, so we're taught tolerance. So uh, I'm with Brad. I'm, I'm, I'm very diplomatic in, in, in that sense. But he's right. There are people out there that aren't like those the, the people who uh, put together that video, even though people who put together video, uh, stuff like that are putting my UU values aside. I'm, I'm just going to say that, that they should be that they should not be given mouths. <laughs> way to put well, it. the uh, the what was interesting. I got a couple of comments. Uh, the guy who played the uh, youth minister in that movie, uh, Steve Wiedan, I think is his name. He uh, is an acting professor now. Uh, I got a couple of comments from people that were like, "Oh my God, that's theater professor!" And they and they also they also said like, "Wow, uh, I'm kind of shocked he's in this. <laughs> Maybe he just needed the money or something." I had to laugh. I was like, "Well, that's interesting." But then I was like, "Well, I, I guess I can picture him teaching theater. He, honestly, his performance in that movie so much so that when." It, when the person wrote down that uh, he was a, a theater professor, I was like, oh, I just actually kind of assumed he was a youth minister, that <laughs> they just put him in this movie. Like I said, you were a lot more diplomatic than I would have been. I'm a hardcore anti-religion atheist. I, I, I'm as Religious, ba- but... I'm as bad I'm as those people, but for atheism. I'm not going to put up a video just whitewashing, bashing somebody's religion. I've done it on Lost in the Static. I mean, not a video, but I've done it before, so... <laughs> and I'm not religious. Well, and that's another thing about uh, UU, is that they um, they have... There's actually a lot of atheists in our congregation. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, it, it does because they, they come for the, the fellowship and... Free and, coffee. Uh, yeah, and I was just going to say... Exactly. <laughs> the coffee and the damn good cherry pie. This isn't exactly. Twin Peaks. The Wait, fellowship and the uh, the fellowship and the coffee. That's what they come. Dude, for. you know, and dude, you totally know in Twin Peaks that there would be like a church that like atheists went to. In in a David Lynch universe, yeah. <laughs> see. Yeah, in a David Lynch universe, I could see it. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I thought when I first watched that. I mean, not your video. I've seen the video, the uncut video yeah. before before you did it. I gotta say, for about the first twenty minutes, and you know, the youth minister was being kind of diplomatic about it, you know, just like you were. And I thought, wow, they're actually going to take somewhat of an even keel. And then he gave him the two-week ultimatum, and then that whole even keel went away, and it became a scare film. Oh, God. And, the, yeah, I even said that in the video. That youth minister, I was like, okay, he, he believes something that I disagree with, but he, he's kind of calm about it, you know. He's like, all right, well, this is just what I believe in. But then that kid gets into the whole crazy Fed Phelps Thing and ah, oh, just becomes a raving lunatic. And by by the end of it, yeah, I, it, when he's given that sermon thing at the end, and he gets into the uh, uh, just the extreme homophobia that he gets into, yeah, that's when that's when I got kind of mad because I really don't like stuff like that. You could you could replace the soundtrack of that movie, just make it, I and mean, just that alone would make it all about this kid's decline into madness. I know, I see, right? Reefer Madness style. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, see, I, oh, I liked the uh, 
public domain rock music that they had in that movie. <laughs> well, see, I, I, I had I had one thought that just made me go, "Are do you people actually read your own script?" Where he's talking about how people, you know, when they go to a concert, they move to the music like they're being controlled. Yeah, and I'm I, I'm going to slightly attack religious zealots here. Not religion, not Christians, okay, but religious zealots. And I started thinking. So you mean like the way religious zealots get controlled by reading this this two thousand year old book? Right. I thought of like uh, when he said that, like moving along to the music and being controlled. You know, I, I I didn't write this into the video, but when he said that, I was thinking in my head like, well, there are plenty of of uh, churches who they sing and dance and do all that kind of stuff. I'm like, like, dude, kid, you're. <laughs> Do a little bit more research, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, also, I want to bring up we had Ed, we have Ed on for our twenty fourth episode. Mm-hmm. Next week is twenty five. Yay, the big two five! I'm trying to get on a nice guest star for us. Unfortunately, <laughs> is not confirmed yet, so I don't know if we're going to have him for next week yet. He won't get back. To oh me. man, we're going to have. We're going. Love- we're going to yes, <laughs> or maybe maybe I should say. That sounds awesome. <laughs> if if he falls apart, maybe I'll fall back on Ed. Or, or... And I'll be I'll be here to catch you. Oh, Ed Bagley Jr. Sweet. <laughs> no, because the internet isn't solar powered. <laughs> What'd you just Jared, think of? Can I, can I mention the conversation that we had earlier uh, upstairs? What'd you guys do? I, I guess. It... <laughs> Did Jared not figure out what that three letter word it, that starts it, with C it was is kind yet? Of embarrassing, which is why I'm not like, oh sure. You know, do, you, do you want to tell the story? But you got to remember, look at what you did on the air last week. The three-letter word that starts with C that also means orgasm. Oh. <laughs> I, I left all that in the final version, Jared. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that, I, guess, I guess this does kind of fall into the same category. No, no Brad, it's okay. You can tell it. Okay, so I'm, uh, uh, I was midway through editing the uh, Clockwork Orgy video, and I take a little break. I, I, I went upstairs, and I say to Jared, I was like, dude, dude, like, I'm about halfway through the new episode. It's on a Clockwork Orgy. And he's like, oh man, he's like, he's, he's like, is it any good? Is it a decent porn? And I'm like, ah, uh, it's it's got a couple of sexy scenes in it, I guess. Like, is a spoof? I mean, it's not very good, you know. They're they're saying they're saying their lines, but it's kind of weird because they're not they're saying it in like American accents and American dialect, so it just sounds weird them using all this British slang. It's it's bizarre. So it's I got a oh, I got that pain in my gutty what's, you know. You're quite the young Devachka and all this stuff. And uh, I, I say to him, like, have you seen Clockwork Orange? And he goes, no, I don't think so. I'm like, oh, man, one of the greatest movies ever made. And uh, I, I mentioned a couple more lines from it. And uh, then Jared says, do you want to say it or do you want me to say it? <laughs> I go, I go. oh, is that the one where the guy's like, dong, where's my automobile? And then I'm like, oh, no, wait, that's 16 Candles. <laughs> How the hell did you confuse 16 candles with I, Clockwork Orange? My reaction, I kind of smiled, but it was the it was me turning around and the biggest what the fuck <laughs> that I've done in a long time. <laughs> well, one of my and I, I, we're, I'm sorry to pick on you, Jared, but when you did the 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 c word thing last it's week, it's okay. No, no, I'm used to it. Um, when you when you did that last week. The, my favorite part, and I was considering boosting it in post, but I decided not to. Brad's exasperated. <sighs> he just had this sigh at you, which I thought was just hilarious. 
I must have missed that. <laughs> I was going to boost even remember it. remember that either. I must have been in a really bad mood. I didn't remember it either, but when I was going through an editing, I, I, I was going to boost it when I thought, no, it's actually funnier sort of just under the surface there than, yeah. pu- than bringing attention to that exasperated, are you kidding me, sigh. <laughs> Let's talk to Ed for a second. Well, of course, you two. I was watching, have any of you seen the movie The Star Chamber? No, uh uh-uh. No, I haven't seen that one. The one with Michael Douglas, Hal Holbrook, Charlie Callahan, James Syking, no, Don Cafro. I haven't seen that one. Okay, it's a it's a 1983 thriller by Peter Himes about a group of oh. ju- a group of judges that are sick of killers getting off on technicalities, so they have their little hit group called the Star Chamber where they exact justice. <laughs> it's okay. Here, here's the thing. It it's an hour fifty movie, so it's almost two straight hours. Yeah. The first hour and twenty minutes are fantastic. It's a yeah. tight script, extremely well written, and then in the last half hour, I swear Peter Himes was shooting a different movie. Oh wow! The movie just it's totally not, it sounds like something I'd like. It's yeah, a, man. It's a really good movie until the third act. You mentioned like that plot, that plot, you know, with Hal Halbrook. I'm like, is Halbrook reprising his role for Magnum Force? But he got blowed up in no, Magnum Force, so he's reprising his true. role as Mark Twain. Yeah, he's reprising his role from The Fog. But you mentioned that about uh, movies that are really, really good up until about the last ten minutes. Instantly, this came to my head. Uh, Event Horizon. Yep, I'll give you that one. That, that's um, one. Really solid, moody thriller, and I don't say that about Paul Anderson movies a lot, or ever. It was an early um, Paul Anderson, though. you got to give him that. It was. Early. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, for 90% of that movie, it's it's uh, it's got some scares. It's got some tension. Then you get to that last 10 minutes with uh, Sam Neill running through that place naked with his skin backwards and all the close-ups on his eyes and the bad makeup and what the hell? Yeah, it, it's almost like a different movie somehow, somehow snuck in. Yeah. Can you think of one, Ed, that, that we're, it just, it, you're loving it and then something happens and nothing after that makes any sense. It's, it's just like a different script and a lot of these are due to probably studio intervention. Uh-huh. Yeah, actually, one that comes to mind is the remake of uh, House on Haunted Hill, uh, which I was... Yes. Which oh, I was yes. thoroughly enjoying all the way through. I actually I really enjoy that film. Uh, I love the characters. They do a they do a really good job from with what I was expecting to be a really like slapdash movie. And yeah. then at the very end, they just decide, eh, screw it. Let's just have a big amorphous CG monster chase them through the house. And then when when the architect guy comes back as a ghost to save them, that's when I oh threw, my god, that's when yes. I threw the remote in the air. Like, okay, I'm done. I uh, I a thousand percent agree with you on that. <laughs> Uh, with what with what you just said, I completely agree with you about that movie. I was the same way for the for most of that movie. I was like, you know, this is pretty good. Uh, Jeffrey Rush is really good in this. It's mm-hmm. kind of scary, you know. This is all right. And then yeah, Chris coming back to save them, them out on that ledge, which their checks happen to be sitting on. But uh, the thing about the House on Haunted Hill remake, I really loved was the production design, yes, uh, and, and the lighting, mm-hmm. and Jeffrey Rush. Jeffrey Rush exactly. was well, and Jeffrey Combs. Mm-hmm. As the yeah. as the insane doctor, the one problem I have is and this is a totally different subject, but I know, I know lots of directors need to get running times cut down, you know, because yeah. you can only show a you know, longer movie so many times, and you want more ticket sales. Does a minute and a half really judge a movie's total runtime? Because there's a deleted scene in that. If you remember when uh, who's the black guy, the the actor, 
the one that survives. Uh, oh, was it right, Tay Diggs. Yeah, Tay, okay. uh, yeah, Tay Diggs. Him and Ellie Larder are running down a hallway. He's clean and he's wearing a jacket. They run around a corner. He's all dirty and he's missing his jacket. Yeah. There was a deleted scene that was only a minute and a half long where the floor opens up, she falls down, there's a whole bunch of zombies. He has to take his jacket to use as a rope and pull her back up and or sorry, she's all dirty and and she's yeah. back up. And that explains that. On the commentary he goes, this scene was cut, we had to get the running time down. A minute and a half. A minute and a half. I mean, I can I can picture taking a minute and a half out. Of course, if you want to help the pacing of a scene, but it's a big you know, continuity. That's sort of expected. That was from. But, but it's a ju- yeah. it's a huge continuity problem when all of a sudden you clearly go something just happened when they were in that hallway. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. That it doesn't mean that. Yeah, you can just take a random minute and a half out of any old scene. <laughs> So that's that's the thing that really bothered me besides the ending was that there's no reason. I mean, the scene was pretty cool in and of itself, but it should have been left in for continuity reasons, if nothing else. I've got an example. AI. Oh. Wait, wait, wait. You like any of that movie? Yeah, I did, actually. The, uh, I thought the second act, the flesh fair was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, well, okay. like, I, I would have I enjoyed that in a different film. I liked uh, f- f- like the first two thirds of the movie. Uh, yeah, I was I was kind of into what I really. There was some stuff that was kind of yeah, this is kind of cheesy, but but there was other stuff like uh, the robot town they go to where it's all sleazy and um, Jude Law is that gigolo bot earpiece that comes out and plays some sweet romantic tunes. You know, I kind of dug that and him being like framed for murder. That was so that should have just been the movie. And then like once it gets past him uh, going underwater and then it's... The Blue Fairy. The Blue Fairy, yeah. And then it's like thousands of years in the future. Then it lost me. First of all, they shouldn't have made those robots a thousand years in the future, because the first time I saw it, I thought they were aliens. So did I. I saw Uh, that in the theater. I thought aliens as well. Right? Exactly. They look exactly like aliens. Why in the hell would I think that that's supposed to be a robot? Well, what about you, Ed? You got any other examples of movies that you loved until... It fell apart because yeah, House on Haunted Hill was a good one. Uh, that's the first one that comes to mind. Actually, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm having trouble coming up with another one off the top of my head. I can think of some that totally that totally jump jump ship and do something completely different on the third act, but not necessarily one that gets terrible. What about you, yeah. Jared? Uh, I don't know about chronologically speaking, but uh, I'd I'd have to say X X Men Three. There there were some. Uh, movie where I could I could still feel uh, Brian Singer's um, presence and, and then there were some moments where where Brett Ratner just took a crap all over it. I thought he took a crap over the whole movie, but okay. <laughs> I, was, I got a couple of be like, you liked any of that movie? Yeah. I, I agree with that, <laughs> that statement. <laughs> Actually, to be fair though, it was better than uh, Wolverine. I never saw that. Oh. Low yeah, bar. After seeing the third, I never saw uh, X Men uh, Wolverine. Just... Uh, okay, I'll be fair. I've only seen that work print that leaked out to the internet of Wolverine. Oh yeah, I remember that. And that made me not want to see it complete because well, that work. The, the, final, the final version is terrible. It's just terrible. So well, the way I look at it, and and I admit, I had to look this up when when somebody pointed this out to me. I I wouldn't have just known this, but when yeah. the very first scene of your movie is a factual error and it's supposed to be history, yeah. you have a problem. Because at the very beginning of yeah. the movie, when it shows him and Creed as, as little kids, it says, like, uh, I can't remember off the top of my head exactly, but, like, uh, uh, province of such-and-such such Canada, and it gives a year. Yet that's seven years before that part of Canada would become a province. <laughs> so literally, the first scene of your movie nice. is a factual error. 
How hard would that have been? I mean, because it wouldn't have made a difference in the story to have changed the year it takes place, really. So That's how hard funny. would that have been to have fact-checked that before you sent the final version out? Yeah, I mean, I I have no room to talk. My my favorite movie's Caligula. That's got a lot of factual errors in it. I don't think that was supposed to be factual. That was more of a it was farce. Ri- yeah, there there was early drafts of that 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 were written to be uh that were written to be in some aspects to be a little factual. Well, I also like somebody's got a Wolverine blooper or not a blooper reel, but an uh a reel where they point out all the continuity problems. I mean, you can literally see there's a scene where the uh, lightning is going off when they're in the woods. You can literally see the lightning yeah. making light behind them that's not covered up by any <laughs> leaves or anything, and it's just that's... the part I like is when the blob looks down the barrel of a of a tank and can see the drivers. And I'm going, I don't think the barrel of a tank works gotta, like that. <laughs> eh, I, I guess at some point I should watch this movie. It's bad. I, I Oh, I know. I know. But it'll, it'll be one of those days where it's like, eh, I gotta, I gotta actually sit down and watch this thing. Just for conversations like this, you know, that would come <laughs> up in the future. That way I won't be like, eh, I've, I've never seen it. I've seen all the others. <laughs> See, Ed, Ed would have liked it if they, it was made in a country where they didn't speak English. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, like yeah, Turkish. Are you ever gonna do three Dev Adam? Um, you know, I I might I might down the line. I've I've sort of been restricting myself uh, as I've done so far to movies that are specifically remakes of American movies, and so Irch Dev Adam is really kind of stuff. But nevertheless, it's so it's so great that I, I may just break that rule. Yeah, three Dev Adam. I don't know if the version what version you have, the version I have or the version I saw initially had no subtitles whatsoever. Other the only words in English are stupid Americanos. <laughs> and huh. it was actually more fun making up my own plot than when I saw a, a quote unquote official version with subtitles. My plot was so much more interesting in my head when I when I couldn't understand their dialogue. That's that's fair, but the actually pretty great and, and seeing some of the dialogue uh, is kind of spectacular. <laughs> yeah, I uh, the version of it that I have, the version of it that I have uh, has has subtitles. See, I had an old VHS version. I don't know how accurate they are. <laughs> Does yours you still can... have stupid Americanos in English? I can't remember. It's been uh, a little while since I watched it. Uh, should we tell about it, uh, the remake exploitation one that we watched the other day? Oh yeah. What what did we... you watch? Oh, this was uh, what would this have been? Taiwanese or yeah, uh, Taiwanese Ms. Forty Five. Yeah, oh, man. No, and, and we went into this. We went into this thing not knowing that was what was going to happen. But as it's going, I sat back and was like, "Wait a minute, this is Miss Forty Five. This this is Miss Forty Five. I'm just crazy." But then, yeah, as it keeps going, point by point by point. It's it's yeah it's uh, Taiwanese Miss Forty Five. It gets different in uh, the last scene. She doesn't. She goes to the party, but she's not wearing a nun costume. But Spoilers. she does. <laughs> huh? Spoiler alert! Oh, shut up. <laughs> uh, I'm but uh, she does happen by a uh, an undercover cop who is dressed like a nun. <laughs> yes. See, I I, so I don't see good about it. I don't see a lot of those. Where do you find these? I, I mean, just to view, I, I, we talked about where you get the rights to them and that last time you were on, but where do you find these copies just to view, or are these just internet bootlegs on torrents? Uh, no, I mean, I, uh, gosh, it's it's sort of from all over the place. I mean, doing doing some of the, uh, I, I've, I've met people in Turkey, and they can kind of point me to some of the other ones since they've lived there and then they know them. Um, Bollywood is a, is a big one because uh, those are more well-known. Um, and then just, it's sort of, 
uh, kind of keeping my ear to the internet. I hear about some and then I kind of track them down however I can. Um, yeah. Most of them, though, I'm I'm getting official releases or or um, you know some some sort of physical copy. Will there ever be an official release of Turkish Star Wars, or will George Lucas nix his footage from being in that? Oh, I just I don't think you could. You couldn't get away with it. I've had people ask me if I if I could get the rights to it, and I I I would say yes, I could absolutely get the rights to Turkish Star Wars. However, I could not get the rights to the Star Wars footage, the Indiana Jones theme, the Flash Gordon music, the music from Ben Hur, uh, the but, black hole, but, and all of that stuff, uh, in order to actually release it. But I got to ask you then on that note. What about like when Brad did uh, Jaws Five? I've got the official release of that from Italy, and it still has what? your your review of Jaws Five, Cruel Jaws. Oh, okay. And it still has the Star Wars theme and the Indiana Jones theme and the Miami Vice theme and stuff on the official Italian DVD. Well, one, they're probably not uh, Universal. Probably isn't looking too hard at the the Italian release. Actually, I'm not even sure. Was that was that Italian release or was that Scandinavian? The, the the menus were in Italy. Were, were were in Italy. The menus were in Italian. So. Oh yeah, for for Cruel Jaws. Yeah, for Cruel Jaws. The 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 menus were in Italian, so I assume it's an Italian release. Let's move on to something else. We're all old enough that all of us grew up in the era of UHF TV. Well, I was I was watching the pilot, a local channel showing Star Trek: The Next Generation, and yeah. I was watching the pilot episode the other day, and I thought, you know what? I remember the pilot kind of sucking, and it frankly does. People hate the pilot. You talk to any Star Trek fan, and Next Generation's pilot is one of the worst episodes of the whole series, and they don't seem to realize what, how excited this was in 1987 in September. You know, having a, a six-pack of soda, tuning in the rabbit ears on your TV, and watching that fuzzy, ghosty picture of how awesome this was when it debuted. Jared, Ed, did you guys watch uh, Next Generation when it first aired? Absolutely. I mean, I don't know why anybody could criticize that episode of Q, for God's sake. That set the tone. But I do agree with some of the criticisms that it's clearly an hour-long pilot stretched to two hours. Half that episode is padding. And it's not interesting, padding. <laughs> I honestly don't know. I, I, I didn't watch Next Generation. I just watched the original series, so I don't even know what happens in the pilot. <laughs> Dr. McCoy's in it. I knew that, yeah. I knew it had Dr. McCoy in it, but I, I've never seen it. I think the only episode of Next Generation I saw was the one that had Matt Frewer in it. Well, it was <laughs> I've seen that one. Actually, wasn't yeah, right. I think he played the same character in two different episodes. I can't uh, yeah, remember. I think you're right, yeah. I can't remember. There was an episode with Scotty. And Spock. Mm. Well, the Scotty episode creates a nice continuity problem. When Scotty comes in, which you got to remember is after the Generations movie chronologically, yeah. he, he says, Oh, the Enterprise, Jim Kirk must have dusted the old girl off herself. <laughs> Yet in Generations, he not only knows the old girl, i.e. the Enterprise, has been, his Enterprise has been decommissioned, but that Kirk is dead. Oh, yeah, but if we count uh, Shatner's book as continuity. <laughs> they don't. Nobody does. <laughs> No one does. Well, because to me, everyone craps on the first season of Next Generation. And while I do agree the quality got much better as the seasons progressed, to me, the first season of Next Generation is the only season that truly feels like classic Star Trek with just different characters. You know, I can see that. Well, and you know, I I don't know if anybody can really criticize the fact that while the, you know, special effects and whatnot got better because, you know, technology advanced... And they got more funding. You know, there there were more sponsors that hop, you know, hopped on the bandwagon, or or got beamed aboard, so to speak. Don't do that again. 
What? <laughs> that was a bad pun. <laughs> but no, I I agree. What about you, Ed? Big Next Generation fan or not? Um, you know, I liked it quite a lot, but I don't think I even really got into Star War, uh, Star Trek seriously until DS9, and then from there I kind of went back and watched a lot of the older stuff. So I didn't watch it first run, and uh, watching it in syndication, I didn't even see Next Gen in order. DS9 is the best Star Trek's ever been, though. I loved DS9. Uh, Never seen I can, it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I can certainly understand not, but I loved it. Okay, see, I, I love I love DS9. And Jared, we'll, we'll do a whole Star Trek episode. Because you know how Brad and I used to go over a whole movie franchise, and we kind of let that by the side of the road to die like a cat with his head squished? <laughs> I want to do one on all the Star Trek movies. We definitely, I have a feeling you and I will have a big debate on those. Well, oh, yeah. uh, I don't know about the movies. I haven't really seen a whole lot of the movies, but, you well, know. I've, I've got them all I've on LaserDisc. Uh, so do I. I've seen all the, I've seen all the movies except for uh, Insurrection. Then don't and, bother. Yeah. It's terrible. Except for that one. It's Insurrections. Of the Next Generation movies, the only good one is First Contact. Yeah, that was good. I like that. And that was the only good yeah. one. That's including Generations, because that sucked pretty bad. I don't know. Yeah, Generations, a... uh, Generations I can still watch, because it's got Malcolm McDowell in it. Yeah, it's okay, got, I can see that. It's got, uh, it's got, it's got him as, as uh, uh, Soren, right? Yep, right. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah, so I can, I can totally watch that movie just based on that character alone. Well, you should see the, uh, the DS9 episode, Trials and Tribulations. Where, oh, trial, trials and tribulations. Tri- tribulations, sorry. The DS9 cast uses the Force Gump style technology, and they're actually part of the trial and tribulation tribulations episode, and they're interacting with Kirk and Scotty and stuff oh, like that. Oh yeah, I love that episode. That episode was brilliant, dude. It was a really good episode because it's it's like I don't know that that last scene. Kirk where, and Cisco. Uh, si- yeah, where Cisco walks up to um, Captain Kirk on the bridge. And starts talk, talking to '60s Kirk. I'm like, I don't know how they did that, but that was awesome. You also find <laughs> you, you also find out in that one that Dax and one of her previous hosts had an affair with Doctor McCoy. Yeah, which is pretty cool and creepy at the same time. And it, it was yeah. it was a fun episode. That was a really fun episode. Yeah. So if even if you're just a classic Trek fan, Brad, you might want to just check out that one. You'll get a big kick out of it. I'll check that. I'll check that one out. Yeah. Because because yeah, honestly, I I am basically just a classic Trek fan. Well, and all but I would watch some. I would watch something like that. All three original Klingons from Classic Trek were on Deep Space Nine at one point too. Oh, that's right. Nice. And I read somewhere. I read this both as was supposed to be part of Next Generation, and I've read it was supposed to be part of DS Nine. So I don't know which one. But they were going to bring back Harry Mudd. But then the actor died. Oh. But they were going to have Harry Mudd pop onto Deep Space Nine. Huh. Yeah, they got they got him back for the animated series. Well, that, <laughs> he was also alive for that too. <laughs> that's that's the only that's the only Star Trek series I own uh, completely. I've got all. I de- noticed that I, when I was <laughs> that I, that you had that on your shelf. I saw that. <laughs> and yet, I saw that and was like nice. And Ed, yet that's the that's the one that's not in continuity. Whatever. This is your opinion. <laughs> well, and because st- for some reason Paramount has this weird thing: if it didn't happen in one of the live-action TV series or the movies, it's not continuity. So all the books, the comics, the animated series, the records—I've got a record where they where they find Conan. I've got it on LP <laughs> where Conan get. Well, they don't call him Conan, but it's drawn by Neil Adams, so it looks exactly like Conan. But a barbarian is beamed aboard the Enterprise. I've got that on LP. I'm going to uh, pretend it's Ator. 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's Miles O'Keefe. No, it's Ator, uh, the big fat one from Quest for the Mighty Sword. Oh, you mean oh, Lojan from played... uh, uh, from um, uh, Marvel Hood Men and Tights and Thor from the uh, Hulk Thor crossover movie? He was also the guy uh, that yeah. he was also the guy that hated cops in uh, True Romance. I love I that guy. I caught him on an episode of. Uh, I caught him on an episode of Roseanne a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> no way. Yeah, he was. Uh, it was an early, early episode. It was Dan uh, got in a bar fight. With yes, him. I remember that. Oh, I, remember that? I do remember that. Do you remember that William Sadler yeah. used to be a regular? With, um, one? I, you know, he and whenever leaves. I saw that, it was like right after we saw the Thor movie. This, uh, this uh, just recent Thor movie, and uh, then I then I I think it was TV Land played that episode, and I thought, huh. That guy would make a really good Thor. <laughs> <laughs> he, he did. No, he Me. was not good. No, Me, yeah. What you call beer will do. It's <laughs> the end of that episode where he calls uh, Roseanne fat and Dan turns around and decks him. Yeah. Well, do, do you guys remember that William Sadler used to be a regular on Roseanne in the early oh, yeah, years? Oh, yeah, yeah. He uh, had uh, the hots for, for Jackie on that one episode and then used a pickup line and it turned her off of him. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you oh, know, okay. I you, know the one you're talking about. You now. know what's really weird about Jackie? The the sports guy at, at one of the TV stations I got fired from, his brother is married to her in real life. That's his sister-in-law. Oh, really? It's just one of those uh, weird little things. I liked her in Scream too. Yeah. There's nothing in the Scream movies worthwhile. <laughs> nothing at oh. all. The Scream movies <laughs> suck. I'm with you on Scream. I mean, I... I, I I got a little bit of enjoyment in, in in two seeing Jackie pop up as a villain. Like then I was I was kind of like, oh, this movie sucks. But all right, yeah, Jackie's the villain. That's 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 all right. Oh, oh, all um, right, I, I take it back, Brad. Jay and Silent Bob were interesting in three. Other than that, no. <laughs> yeah, they. I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you on the Scream movies. Uh, I won't. I haven't even seen Scraforum, and I don't have any interest in it. Scraforum. Uh. Scraform. That's what the poster says. Yeah. It says Scraform. Yeah, so I, I won't even see Scraform. Sucks. You, you know, there there is one thing that I've... Uh, there is one piece of defense I will always... Um, uh, I will always exhibit for... That they, they tried... For Scream. They failed. For Scream. Yeah, for, for the Scream franchise. They they tried to bring back the the mystery, the whodunit. But it was John. dumb. It was it a was dumb, dumb who done it. It was dumb. I'm saying, you know, uh, their their approach stunk at it, but their idea was good. No, seven. No, they were just they were just doing something that slasher films have done had done thousands of times since the early 1980s. Oh my god, it's one of the it main with, characters. What? Oh my god, it turns out to be one of the main characters you thought was a good guy. <laughs> that's what you. That's yeah, what I mean, it is. Yeah, 80% of the slasher films from the 1980s were whodunits like that. 80%, yeah, a, a large percent of slasher movies were like that anyway. So I, I I didn't see how that was innovative at all. It was like, oh, it that's it's sort of like, oh, this one's different. He's using a knife. All right, I wanted to ask Ed, since he's our guest, what do you want to talk about? Um, Gosh, uh, I put me on the spot here. That I'm was the really point. open to whatever. I mean, you know, uh, left to my own devices, I'll just talk about foreign remakes or James Bond movies or something but uh, uh hell yeah I have Brad, Brad and I spent I think about like what was it 14 hours talking about James Bond movies uh, a couple weeks oh, ago Oh yeah <laughs> Oh yeah we did that at my bachelor party too I could I could go nonstop talking about James Bond especially when you get some drinks in me Boy so Brad great. you really know how to stage a bachelor party huh James Bond No you man You couldn't that have strippers or anything great. We had a giant 
we had a giant screen set up. We had Caligula playing. <laughs> and funny me, I only had my wife's uncle take me to a strip club. We were going to go to a strip club. We were. We, we were on our way to the strip club, but then we were all like, dudes, we're really, really drunk. Let's just stay here. <laughs> <Let's>... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. I, I'd, pr- I'd prefer so, the strip so we club, but... Strip... <laughs> well, hang on. We, we went to a strip club another time. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, we did we did watch some of your movies uh, at the bachelor party, and that was great. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I, I, yeah. I, I hadn't seen Midnight Heat before. We put that up on the giant screen, yeah. How was that while drunk? Midnight Heat while drunk. Midnight Heat's great while drunk. <laughs> I love that one. Is it better than watching it sober? I don't, I don't know, because that one, of all the movies I've done, that one's probably my favorite, so I enjoy it either way. But if I was to watch any of the ones I've done while drunk, I'd rather it be Midnight Heat because it's the shortest. It's about 90 minutes, and it's got all that 80s music in it because it takes place in 87. You like but, it? Be- you like it better than Game Boys? Yes, I do like Midnight Heat better than Game Boys. Well, then why don't you release it or put it on the internet, you bastard? Because I have to. Uh, oh, believe me, like uh, I wish I put it there first because that one is my favorite of the ones I've done. But there's some sound issues on it that I want to try to take care of before I get it put on the site. Because I've been wanting to see that, and you keep giving me that, oh, eventually. Yeah, eventually <laughs> it will be on there. I just have to I just have to get it transferred over to the computer and work on it a little bit. Brad, bring that over here, and we will work on the sound issues. It will happen. Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, yeah, I, I'd love that. Thank you. If anyone can, sure. if anyone can fix it, Ed can fix it. <laughs> no, I mean yeah, that. You, you, you do a better, you do a better job than I could. <laughs> Ed, uh, when's the next uh, episode of Press Start Adventures? It is on hold indefinitely right now. Right now I'm working on a bunch of other projects, and so uh, since prepped up that whole story, uh, we thought that would be a good time to put that on hold uh, while I get some other stuff going on. Because right now I've got Space Ninja, uh, which is my newest animated series. Um, I'm, I've got another whole live-action series in development right now, and uh, then I'm doing some Deja Vu stuff and some other little things. And so uh, I, I would go mad if I tried to juggle all of that stuff. Well, I'm trying to get a new series off the ground, as well as the, you know, it came from me at Midnight-style thing. You guys all remember Night Flight, right? Not off the top of my head. It sounds familiar. It was it basically, you got to remember, when MTV first started, it was a pay channel. Yeah. So it was the USA Network's version of MTV for people that only had basic cable. Oh, where okay. On Friday and Saturday nights, they would show music videos, short films, movies, weird movies, cartoons, things like that. I'm gonna nice. put I'm gonna put together a monthly video magazine that's gonna be like Night Flight, where we're gonna show a full movie broken up over parts. I mean, in one episode, we'll show like a movie segment, and then maybe have a cartoon, a music video, another part of the movie. We'll interview some people. One thing, I'm going to have a segment called Gasm, where we're going to show full, Mm -hmm. uncut, hardcore porn trailers from the 70s and 80s. (laughs) I love it. I love that idea. I just need to get the money for it. Oh, sure, yeah. And right now, I'm still trying to save my house, so that comes before putting the money towards this, but... But you, yeah. you know what I mean, but I'm planning this. I don't have a title for it yet, but I'm planning a, a once-a-month video magazine. And I actually had my co-host on it. He actually said, well, why once a month? Why, what, you think we can't do this every week? No. There's no way all that editing is going to be done on a week-to-week basis. Sure, sure, yeah. It's like, no, this will be a once-a-month video magazine. I understand completely. Oh, yeah. People that don't edit. On that. People that don't edit don't understand how long editing can take. All you guys edit as well, so you guys yeah. know. But when you're talking to somebody that just hands it to an editor and says, give it back to me when you're done, 
they don't realize how time intensive it is sometimes. Believe me, I understand. Whatever Ed wants to talk about. Ed's our guest. This is it. Okay. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. <laughs> <That's>, well, <laughs> didn't we do that at the beginning of the episode? Uh, he's how, nice, how rock nice guy. And roll will will <laughs> send you to hell. <laughs> All right, Ed, I got one. What is right. your what is your rarest laser disc? American Rare? laser no, American laser disc. Um, I don't have many, honestly. Mostly, I get laser discs when it's something that doesn't it doesn't exist on DVD, or it's something that uh, has some sort of feature that doesn't exist on DVD. Um, but I'm most excited about is my Metropolis laser disc with the Marauder, uh, with the, the Marauder version with the '80s soundtrack. Cool. Oh yeah, because I'm a big laser disc guy. I've got uh, like 150 to 200. Nice. Uh, including, I mean, Brad and I have talked about this before. Bill Margold, the porn legend. He doesn't have a laserdisc player anymore, so he gave me all his hardcore porn officially released laserdiscs. Holy cow! Oh. I, I've got ones like <laughs> I've got I've got ones like New Wave Hookers. I've got Night Trips One and Two, Night Dreams. I've got some lesbian ones. I've I've got a bunch of hardcore porn laserdiscs, which are pretty cool to me. Incredible. And then I've got the the Seven Special Edition, which is the only theatrical version of the film. Oh, nice! Yeah. It, it's it's called uh, Ed. You might be familiar with the process called sil- the silver retention process. Oh, it's yeah, I should I should know, and I know I've read about it. The, the little description in it says basically when you transfer the theatrical print, which has silver in the film, over to VHS or DVD or something, it loses that silver, and the silver retention process painstakingly frame by frame puts that silver back in, making the darks darker, the greens greener, etc. And mm-hmm. Fincher says in the liner notes, it's the only theatrical presentation of the film that'll ever be released because on DVD they refuse to spend the money to redo the silver retention. It also has a blooper reel that's on the on the laser disc that's not on the DVD either. Oh, that's terrific. See, that's the sort of stuff I love to collect. Oh, yeah. I got the Halloween tree with a commentary track by Ray Bradbury. Nice. As well as something wicked this way comes with Ray Bradbury commentary. Nice. See, I've got I've got nothing quite like that. I've got um, I have Mortal Kombat the movie on Laserdisc because it has a commentary track that's not on DVD or anything. Um, I've got the Shadow because it's the only widescreen version that you can get in the states, and I love that movie. Uh, I haven't seen that movie since uh, I think opening weekend at <laughs> the theater. I haven't seen that since it first came on video. Is yeah. Laserdisc even still uh, an active medium? Or no, no. Uh, yeah. I, I I know the Japanese held on to it for a little bit longer. I, I know that there's a like two or three years after Amer- American companies stopped making Laserdisc, the Japanese were still putting anime out on laser. Well, that I mean that's not surprising because Asia was disc-based formats, and so uh, they really sort of bypassed VHS entirely. So Laserdisc was was the one for high quality, but then there was VCD uh, and then DVD. I'm trying to think of some other rare ones I got. I know I've got uh, Romeo is Bleeding. I don't think that's ever been on American DVD, or I might be wrong on that one. Mm-hmm. I know I've got Romeo is Bleeding widescreen. I've got the yeah. Dawn of the Dead box set, which has got a totally different set of extras, including a different commentary than the DVD does. Holy cow. Um, nice. I got Platoon, which which has some different extras than the DVD has, as well as a complete script. It comes with a complete script as well as... Uh, Oliver Stone's Vietnam journals. Let's see. I got Lord of Illusions. Um, I got a bunch of episodes of like Tales from the Dark Side, Ray Bradbury Theater, The Adventures of the Galaxy Rangers. I got a bunch of cartoons on Laserdisc. That's awesome. Do you, do you have a list by any chance of some of the stuff that you have with that's just exclusive to Laserdisc? Because I would love to see that, and I wonder if uh, maybe some of the audience might be interested in seeing some of that too. 
the next time you're on, I'll, I'll have made a list by then. But at the, at this point, I'm just kind of looking at the shelf and remembering what I got. Sure. I do know I have a Japanese laser disc of some 1985 Twilight Zone episodes. Oh. Oh, I have the complete first season of Chicago Hope on Japanese laser disc. Whoa. If it wasn't for the hard coded uh, Japanese subtitles, that would be awesome. Because that's not even on DVD. The um. Uh, the one Laserdisc I would love to get is uh, I want to get RoboWar on Laserdisc because I know it was released that way, and I'm I would I would love to track that one down. One that I know I've got that a lot of cartoon fans are after is Ren and Stimpy: The Best of. It's actually yeah. got the actual uncut versions of the episodes, unlike the DVD, which claim to be uncut but are missing scenes. Huh. The Laserdisc ones are uncut, uncut. Yeah. So I've got that Best of Ren and Stimpy one. Heavy metal I've got on just about every format available besides beta. I'm a big heavy metal fan. But yeah, I've I've got I've got tons and tons of layers. Oh, Terminator Two with with all the extras and the Guns N' Roses music video that they lost the rights to. I meant Bruno Mattei's Terminator Two. What's that? <laughs> I was thinking that too. <laughs> no, not 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 Bruno Mattei's Terminator Two. James Cameron's Terminator Two. Yeah, whatever. Bruno's the lame ones. Yeah, I know. It's not nearly as good. No, it's not. Bruno's came first. He did it before James Cameron. It's true. I, I can't argue with that. <laughs> so, all right. Well, we are running out of time. But, Ed, if our guest star doesn't come on next week, we'll have you on, and you, Brad, Jared, and I can talk laser discs and movies that are not on DVD. I'll have made a list of everything I've got that, to my knowledge, is not on DVD by that point. That sounds terrific. And then, so, all right, we need to pimp Paranoia. We need oh to... yes, go buy Paranoia. It's very scary. Where do you what? get Brett? Where do you get it? At walkawayentertainment.com. All right, Ed, go. A couple of new deja vu's coming out later this month. Uh, you can see those at darkmaze.com. And then Jared does not have a new game report because people aren't sending him footage. Well, and like I said, I've got to focus on um, I've got to focus on getting my uh, business plan ready for the bank. But God willing, or or bank willing. Um, if all goes well, then the next time you see the game report, I will have astonishing budget. <laughs> Excellent, <laughs> and, my friend. And, and better uh, production quality. Oh, r- real quick. Did you guys see the trailer for that new Star Trek game that's coming out that looks exactly like Mass Effect with Star Trek characters? Uh-huh. No. The, the trailer just came out at E3. I mean, literally, they're using the Mass Effect engine. It literally looks like Mass Effect 2... With Star Trek characters. That sounds yeah. terrific. And I, I'm a big enough Trekkie since we were talking about that earlier. I will actually buy that because I love Mass Effect 2 and I love Star Trek. So that's pretty cool. 1201beyond.blogspot.com, 1201beyond at gmail.com, darkmaze.com, and thecinemasnob.com. And check out the game report on foilratproductions.bliptv. Or am I even close there, Jared? Uh, blip.tv slash foilratproductions. All right, I knew I had all the right stuff, just not or in the right foil order. Rat, sorry. Blip.tv slash foil wrap. Sorry. Foil wrap. See, you don't even know your own stuff. Oh. <laughs> I'm. Good night.
The limb of the tree, the hands of he 